podcast? Oh yeah, we have a podcast. Let's fire it up. Why won't this podcast start? Better call maintenance. Zone one. Podcast to Mountain Maintenance. Mountain Maintenance here. Yeah, I got a problem over here. I I can't get it to go. Gotcha. What are you? What was happening right before it stopped? Well, it's starting to go. And then it just kind of sputtered out and stopped. Okay. I want you to turn around to your low voltage controls. Is your stop circuit light red? Yeah. I want you to go out there and pull that stop button out. You're going to need to reset it. Got it. Okay. So now you should have a clear board. Are all the green lights on? There's one red one. Okay, so next to that light that's illuminated on your stop circuit, what does it say? C V D dash one nine. Oh, crap. Is it bad? I've never had that one happen before. Give me one second, I'll get right back to you. I need to look this up. Are you still there? Yeah. Okay, so for CVD-19, we need to control this situation. Uh, this is pretty bad. So I think it says, shoot, right here it says we need to call the president. Uh, we need to call the government. I think they're broken too. Should I just jump it out? Hit the reset button. Ah, all right, reset button hit. What just happened? What day is it? March 174th, I think. It's all a blur. Whether you were here with me eight months ago when we started this thing and are wondering where I've been, or just joining us now, this is the Mountain Podcast, providing insider intel on how ski areas happen, created by and for ski area employees in the Northwest. And season one of The Mountain, which launched in January of 2020, season one is over. It was four episodes. Four. Just as it was finding its rhythm, a global pandemic shut it all down. I have audio files of me sitting in the winch cat at Crystal Mountain Resort last February. And a SIM card full of sounds from the 2020 legendary bank slalom at Mount Baker. And more. But just as things were starting to go well last season, every ski area in the country shut down early due to, well, you know. No one told them to, 
They did it in effort to slow the spread of the coronavirus. And it cost ski areas in Oregon, Washington, and Alaska an estimated $87 million in revenue. In April, we had to cancel our annual ski area operations conference as well. A low point for me, to be sure. And a low point to the over 400 ski area staff members who were planning on attending as well. And I? Well, I have a bigger job than just producing a tiny little podcast with a very niche audience. More important things have been prioritized. I'm doing it, and so are you. But I am seeing that in just those four episodes, hundreds of people have been listening from inside the borders of 11 countries. I want to know, who is the one person listening in Turkey? And someone in Egypt also. A traveling ski area staff member with an N95? Or a confirmation of my loosely held belief that ski areas touch everything? As this strange season starts up in a really unusual way, with ski areas now open for the winter of 2021, I'm seeing an uptick in listeners to this, those first four episodes. So I scheduled some time to take a break from both potty training my two-year-old and my day job to say, hey, hey, this is not going to be a numbered season or episode. This season, which shall not be named, it, well, it might fade away from access over time, but it'll always be there to look back upon, I guess, if you search for it. We'll try and drop some sort of episodes when we can. If you work at a ski area, you can help with that. And when things calm down and we can actually hang out in person and talk about what it's like to run a ski area in the Northwest again, we'll do that. For now, call me up if you got something you want to say. Mr. Rogers style, you'll have things you want to talk about and I will too. None of the things I just said are all that important. What is important is that this winter, you do all the things that Ski Well, Be Well guides you to do. That's the set of COVID best practices the ski industry spent all summer working on. If you're not familiar with Ski Well, Be Well at this point, one, where have you been? And two, plug in with the National Ski Areas Association or go ask your boss. Like, now, do it. Ski Well, Be Well. Now, let's talk about that thing on your face. Or maybe it's just hanging off of one ear while you're driving in your car. It's a good look. Your mask. Wallet, keys, phone, mask. It's part of your kit now. At work, at play, at the store, everywhere. And while most Americans, really most, are wearing them to do what they can to slow the spread of the virus, others, a small group of others, depending on where you live, don't seem to believe in risk management at all. But what do I know? I'm sitting in my house, doling out M&Ms as a reward to a tiny physical scientist who doesn't even have a full set of vocabulary yet every time she drops trow and hits the mark. You need to go potty? No, thank you. No, thank you. Because wearing these things on your face is a big key to keeping lifts spinning this winter, I thought I'd better check in with one of you to see how it's going for reals. So I have a friend pulling into the Zoom room to enlighten me. Gwen Howitt from Mount Baker, outside of Bellingham, Washington. Hey Gwen, tell the humans what your job is at Mount Baker. 
Oh, that's such a good question. And when you work in the ski industry in general, right? Yeah. I've seen you change hats twice since we started this call. Oh, but well, put it <laughs> totally. Um, well, interestingly, right now, I, uh, I am the CEO of Mount Baker Ski Area. And uh, what else? I would say that I am also... I, I have set the legendary bank slalom course. Now I'm pretty much the only one that has set it for the last 30 years with help, of course, lots of help, but, um, yeah. So I also do the legendary bank slalom. Yeah. Well, big deal. Everybody protect Gwen. Uh, do not let course in <laughs> course setting knowledge go away. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm happy to share it. Actually. I'm really happy to share the, the art of the bank turn, which I actually think could be a whole nother podcast actually. It sold. Totally sold. Yeah. Let's do it. Hey, how big is your staff? Oh, about 450. Is that changed this year to COVID craziness? Uh, yes, I'm going to say we're up in some departments to be able to, you know, monitor door and capacity and facilities and things like that. We're down in some areas like we have less instructors because actually right now we're not even doing instruction programs or rentals. We've maintained a lot of the core staff for that. And we are going to start doing that rolling into that here. Um, but, uh, so those are, those departments are down a bit, but all in all, we're mas o menos, more or less. Yeah. yeah cool. How are they doing? This is the craziest oh. start to a ski season ever. Yes. It's very unusual. No question about that. Right. Like we'll call it in the historic category. I'm going to say we had a historic start though, too, that was hard for people to actually imagine the complexity and the difficulty of, and that was in our world record year. Um, we've also had just weather starts that have been hugely challenging as well from an operational standpoint. This one, of course, has complexity to the, how the tentacles of, of the challenges of COVID reach so deep. Um, you know, the last couple of days for me, I mean, all of us are just kind of immersed in that as well as running a ski area. So it's like, geez, when all of us just get to run a ski area, it's going to be like a cakewalk. Um, <laughs> but what I can say is just from, from the get-go, from, you know, we ended up having to shut down in March, like everyone, but I think ours was March 15th. And I mean, basically March 16th, we started planning, you know, and mm -hmm. as best we could. But the staff, um, you know, our, our core year-round staff was, unbelievable this year just in terms of how everyone collaborated on brainstorming adjust making it adaptations for this year the whole deal and then of course you know you never really know all the best laid plans right but until you actually open the doors and implement that brings its whole other you know uh, set of uh, some, sometimes surprises or confirmation depending but you just got to be ready for it all and and we had a little little i don't know that we had surprises actually you know yeah, I was working with the public on, on this issue. I was, um, I was both really grateful that we opened just to pass holders because they're so receptive to mm -hmm. the idea, but you know, it's like a behavior, any behavioral thing, people just getting used to doing things a new way, which takes a lot of engagement, takes a lot of physical engagement. I mean, I had boots on snow for nine days straight pretty much standing in lift lines and talking to people and just working through it. But between the community and our staff just being on point, 
um, I'm really, really happy with how things are going. And of course, every day we learn something and continue to, um, you know, improve and the community continues to learn and get used to things. Um, but it takes everybody. This is, you know, it's not just a Baker thing. It's not just a ski area thing is what I tell people in line. This is a community thing. This is our country. (laughs) And so, Mm. I mean, you know, we all are working together, whether you're standing in lift line or whether you're loading the chair or whatever, this effort is everyone's effort and it takes everyone engaged in it. And I really am thankful for the staff that we have both new people, you know, our new seasonal people have been phenomenal and on point and uh, supervisors, everyone has really taken an active role. So it's good. It's a new, it's a new way of doing business. Um, but it's everyone working together, collaborative. It's truly a collaborative effort. Awesome to hear. And uh, hopefully it's, it, well, this is not a new way of doing business forever. This is a, this is an abnormal yeah. season that we're going to move past. Hey, yeah. I've, I've heard a uh, interesting take you have on mask wearing and usage, because that's a thing. Every gear across the country is, is making sure we're masking up everywhere for that, I guess, risk management uh, tactic, but I hear a, a fun connection you've been thinking about in terms of avalanche safety. Uh, also, do you want to tell me about your thoughts there? Well, you know, after the first couple of days of operation, I was trying to, I was trying to come up with an analogy for the mountain community about the importance of, um, well, straight up, you know, mitigating the risk of COVID. And, you know, the, the mountain, the mountain community is not, not new to mitigating risk, reducing risk, figuring out how to, you know, uh, whether it's, you know, whether it's your first time down a black diamond and you're trying to figure out how to go about it, or even a blue run or first time you load the chair all the way to how you, uh, approach avalanche terrain and backcountry terrain. So all of us that engage in the mountains at some point or another are engaged in risk management and, and, or risk assessment and, and figuring out where our tolerance level is. And it occurred to me that there was a, there's a fair number of parallels. Now this granted, this is a broad generalization here. Okay. Um, but I started thinking, you know, when we went through this, the, the effort, our public education effort that's going on right now reminds me a lot of um, when we implemented the backcountry policy at Mount Baker in um, our world record year, the 98, 99 season after we had a couple of fatalities in the backcountry, And you know, it was a real shift of mentality. It was a shift of informing people about a risk, about people learning about what the risk was and the dangers were, and then learning how to address it, not only as individuals, but within the mountain community. And Mm -hmm. this feels a lot the same. Um, You know, it's a danger we can't see. You know, we can't see the avalanche risk underneath the snow. We can't see COVID, you know? Um, science has taught us a lot about both. You know, there are some really clear science guidelines based in science around the danger. Yet there also remains a lot that's unknown and a lot that's very unpredictable. And the other thing is we know where it is. We know, like for instance, that avalanche, you know, you're in 36 degree, 38 degree slope. There's a high probability under certain mm-hmm. conditions that, you know, the danger is very real and very high. Same with COVID. Like we know based on what's going on in the pandemic right now and statistics and all of that, we have a sense of the risk of it for sure. And the other uh, element that I was thinking about is that, you know, okay, different people have different risk tolerance. 
you know, whether it's people that drop in off the beast, you know, at Baker, or whether it's people who like won't stick a toe outside the boundaries, everybody has a different risk tolerance. And I think we also see that across our country. And we also see that in the avalanche and backcountry world. Now, how much of that risk tolerance is actually conscious is what's important. What is different in all of this, though, is that in avalanche terrain, you know, we're kind of taking mostly our own risk and that there are guidelines and, and you know, accepted practices for safe travel so that we don't intentionally endanger others. Mm-hmm. And as I'm standing in line, you know, and I see little kids in line or I see someone in, in my community who is standing next to a little kid or an elderly person and they don't have a mask on. Like mm-hmm. to me, that is like that same person. Imagine that little kid skiing down underneath you on a slope and you're up above them on a big cutting slope and you just take a big old cut across an open face right above them. Like you might get lucky and not give them COVID. You mm-hmm. might get lucky <laughs> and not cut a big slab on them. But the thing is, is the consequences of if it does happen are so substantial the potential for injury and or in th- in this case with covid death and the same with avalanches with death mm-hmm. is very real mm-hmm. and so it's one thing to accept your own response your own level of risk but when you're in a public place there are truly safe travel techniques and we know those they're not complicated when it comes to covid it is not rocket science you know it's science but it's not rocket science mask and six feet, <laughs> yeah. like way less complicated than reading the snowpack. Let me tell you. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so come on, people. <laughs> Not hard. Now you know. Okay, so you got the super fleecy, you know, neck gaiter or whatever you got, and you're coming down off the run, and you can't breathe because you're huffing and puffing because you're out of shape, and it's early season. Try a different kind of mask, you know, <laughs> um, work your gear out like all us gearheads, you know, in this in the ski industry, spend all this time and effort to get like just the right ski or snowboard and the right puffy coat and the right Gore-Tex. And yet, like, work it out, people with your masks, <laughs> like, uh, you know, there's lots of options out there that work and that actually do protect you. You know, it's like a transceiver. Yeah. You know, in some ways, it's kind of like. You got to wear your transceiver when you're out there. You got to wear your mask, man. Yeah. Oh, I like it. I'm definitely going to be that huffy puffy guy. I haven't taken my first run yet this year, but I, I'm thinking about that. I'm definitely going to be stopping before I go enter the maze again and catch my breath and stop drooling all over myself. Yes, yes, yes. Crowd. Definitely do that. Like people, there was definitely some, you know, people, do, you know, getting all fired up for hot lapping, you know, and it's like, then you'd see them like, <gasps> like pull off to the side, man. Like get that, get that heart rate under control before you come back in to the queue and uh yeah i know it's good well well i am happy to report though that um even through the covid stay at home uh it, i yep i do spit i do fit in my uh ski pants this year so that's good yes <laughs> that's always the test coming out of summer nice nice uh, well hey i'm gonna let you go but i do want to i do want to know uh what are you doing for downtime? I know you don't have much downtime, but this is, or like any downtime at all, <laughs> but come on, you got to get your head right. You got to make sure your head's right. Uh, you know, for your own sake too. So what, what's, you got some tunes you're listening to, you got what's going on, how you keeping Gwen right? 
<laughs> oh, excellent question. Um, well, to top it all off, I dropped into a huge remodel on my house this year. Mm-hmm. And so I'm still in the middle of a, a house project, which by the way, I'm happy to report that I'm doing with about 90% all reclaimed wood. I spent uh-huh. a year collecting wood for all that. So anyway, I'm in the thick of all that on top of COVID on top of the ski season. So it's interesting. And I will say, true story, this morning I woke up at four o'clock to do laundry and clean my house because <laughs> it was the only quiet time I've had lately. Um, but that's also on the heels, I have to say, of a really beautiful night mountain bike ride in the moonlight last night up on the Chuckanut. So when I can, uh, of course, I, I do go, I skied. My birthday was on this last Sunday. So I skied with my sister and a good friend. Um, I'm out here looking at Puget Sound in the water right now and uh, getting my surf ski tuned up. And then I've got some, my dad gave me an awesome uh, headlamp for mountain biking, night riding. And uh, so when and if I, I gear up and I either get on my bike, get on the water or get on skis and uh, or. I'd chill out by the fireplace with a glass of wine <laughs> or a whiskey, depending on the day. <laughs> Do that. Yes. More of that. Uh, beautiful. Well, Hey, thanks Gwen. Uh, you got a lot to do. So I'm gonna let you get back to it and uh, yeah, stay safe. Mask up. Thank people. Thanks Jordan. Thanks for what you do. And thanks to everybody out there for making the effort to, you know, get rid of this thing so we can all carry on with our lives in a normal way. Cheers. Cheers. We'll see you later. Gwen, talking about the mountains, talking about looking out at the Puget Sound makes me want to get up to Bellingham. That Puget Sound, that Pacific Ocean, nature's original piece of snowmaking equipment. That 1998-99 season Gwen mentioned where Mount Baker set the world record for the most snow in one year. That was 1,140 inches of snow. 95 feet. Give me the chills just thinking about it. Follow that chair on out. Come on out to that red line. How y'all doing today? Good, how about you? Oh, it's living the dream, you know? It's another beautiful day in paradise. Here comes that chair, guys. Enjoy. Hey, don't forget that we have a podcast library at pnsaa.org. It's not just this pod, but many others. Feed your brain. Want a recommendation? If you want to learn about some of the real-time decision-making that went on in the spring when resorts everywhere were hitting the bullwheel break, I recommend Vale's podcast, Epic by Nature. I recommend the OG of this whole scene, the Wintry Mixcast, and AK's predictions from last spring that are being tested right now. And the Sam Huddles from Ski Area Management have been legit also. Okay, what else? What else? So many things kind of suck right now. No lie. But we have skiing. We have snowboarding. Which is simply the best. And we have a lot of people working really, really hard to make it all happen. What's not the best, and I know it's hard, is going out and partying with strangers and people outside of your quarantine after work. Last year's trail map does not match this year's terrain. It is out of date. Hang it on your wall, look at it longingly, pour some out for the homie if you have to, but that carpooling with strangers route, it cliffs out this year. 
James Niehaus might be working on the update, but it's going to take a while. Don't map last year's experience to this year's reality. Until we're all vaccinated and or also until our nation's response to this thing gets itself off the bunny hill, don't turn yourself into a super spreader. Be the reason we have a season. Don't be the reason we lose the season. However you want to say it, we're all in this together. Shout out to Young Kurtz for his excellent podcast jams. Big thanks to Alicia at Lift Maintenance and Mount Bachelor for walking me through the controls up at the top of the episode there. And shout out to all the industry peeps who've been working tirelessly behind the scenes all summer to make this winter in the woods happen for everyone. Stay on the designated route and someday I'll see you back on the mountain. I'm Goggy Foggle. <laughs>